You're listening into Locked On Golden Gophers. Happy Wednesday to everybody. Nate Dickinson, your host, with you. We got a good show lined up, as always, for you today. Coming up on today's program, we'll get a little bit into the bubble as Minnesota stands right on the edge of the field of 68. We have a Lenardi update as Joe was able to update us on everything that happened yesterday and adjust his field of 68. And then we'll also break down every team that he has in his bubble and their schedule the rest of the season, compare it to Minnesota's, and see exactly how far up or down Minnesota could fall. Do the Gophers really hold their own fate in their hands outside of, of course, the Big Ten tournament? They do well there, they're going to get in. Also, later on, we'll get a little bit of a breakdown of the post-game press conference from over the weekend, hear what Richard Pitino had to say, a couple of notes from him. And then we'll also get into everything else going on, really dive in to get that bubble again as we get into the show here on a Wednesday. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have Ben Stevens on the program. He'll break down a little bit more of the bubble. Locked on Big Ten host. You could, of course, listen to him every single weekday as well to stay updated on the conference. And we're going to wrap things up doing all basketball all week as we got a big game coming up on Friday as well. Or I'm sorry, no, Thursday against Northwestern. We'll review and talk about that one on Friday as tomorrow's game, another big one for the Gophers, again, right on the edge of that tournament bubble. But before we get into everything with the basketball team, let's start off with what's going on around campus all around all sports. First off, the Gophers lost a member of the football team yesterday. Gophers defensive lineman Ali Saad has decided to transfer from the team. He did not play in his first year with the Gophers, did not record any stats. The Michigan native was a three-star recruit coming into his first season with Minnesota. We'll see where he ends up going as he enters the transfer portal. Also, women's hockey received some weekly honors as well. Grace Zumwinkle, Crystalyn Hengler, and Abby Murphy have all earned WCHA Player of the Week honors. The Gophers beat up on Bemidji State over the weekend 6-1 and 9-1, the final scores on Friday and Saturday. As for today, Women's Swimming Big Ten Championships continue today. We told you yesterday, it's going on all week. The Gophers started up at 5th place as a team after the first day. The finals for today's event start up at 6.30 p.m. Women's basketball also has a matchup at home against Nebraska. That game starts at 6 p.m. Both the championships for the Big Ten in swimming and the women's basketball game can be seen on Big Ten Plus if you want to pay $9.99 to be able to see players who will see none of that money. Moving on, before we get into everything that's going on with the bubble with the Gophers and what Richard Pitino had to say after the loss to Illinois over the weekend, a quick little, I don't know if it'll end up being a rant, but just comments on my part on just some things I saw online from some of the comments I was making online. And again, we are on Twitter every game at LO Golden Gophers live tweeting. And I just mentioned the team gave up in the second half for an extension of time. And I mentioned also that that was kind of understandable at a point. When the team gets up like 35, you're not expecting 100% in those last few minutes. And I got a response that was basically just like, you can't accept a team giving up. And while I understand the sentiment, and I understand why everyone likes to think that these players are going at 100% of the time, all of the time, I really don't like when people are getting down on college athletes, especially, or any athletes really, when the situation just doesn't dictate that they keep going, you know? In the end of that second half, even in the last 10 minutes, because Illinois was up 30-plus at that point, Minnesota was really just playing a pickup game. And I'm fine with that. At that point, and I said this at the time too, 
it would be more stupid to keep going all out, risk an injury to yourself or something going wrong. It's more stupid to risk that than to try and get yourself back into a game. That you're already down 35 in with 10 minutes left to play. It just doesn't make sense. And I understand people wanting to say, well, these guys should be going 100% all the time. And I'm not saying even that the Gophers weren't trying out there. But it gets to a point where you got to keep yourself and the future of both yourself and the team in mind first. Gophers weren't going to win that game at that point. You can't get mad because they stopped trying when the team was down 35 and there's only 10 minutes to try and make it up. I get it. In the sports movies, the comebacks always happen. And in the sports movies, there's some sort of big speech in the middle when they say, all right, let's keep giving it our all and try and get back into this thing. But that wasn't going to happen on Saturday. That was pretty clear by the time that the Gophers ended up throwing in the towel. And if you were upset because they stopped trying in the last few minutes, I would just say find better things to be upset about. Because Minnesota wasn't going to win that game, they made sure that everybody who wasn't already injured didn't get injured, by the way, because Minnesota, if you had forgotten, is already down its best defender, and Liam Robbins was at, I don't know, maybe 50% when he was playing up against Kofi Coburn. This team already has enough problems, and none of them were going to be solved by continuing to dive for balls and things like that by while down 40 in the winding down minutes. So there's plenty of things to be upset about with this Gopher team. But the fact that they turned it into a pickup game in the last few minutes against Illinois when the game was already out of hand it isn't really something that should be that high up on your list. Coming up next here on Locked On Golden Gophers, we'll hear what Richard Pitino had to say after the loss to Illinois on Saturday. It's been a little while, I know, but I listened back to it last night and had a couple of takeaways after a couple of days had passed. And then we'll also break down the schedule for every other team on the bubble right now. We'll have our Lenardi update too. An update every single day, it seems, from the ESPN expert on bracketology. This is his time of the year. We'll see where he has Minnesota in the field of 68 or out of the field of 68 coming up in just a minute. I probably shouldn't be really having all these cliffhangers. If you follow the team, you already know this kind of stuff, but I still like to build up the anticipation. That's coming up in just a minute here on Locked On Golden Gophers. But first, Built Bar is the best way to get your protein because one, it's good for you, and also it tastes good too. If you go over to BuiltBar.com, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. They have all sorts of outstanding flavors for you to choose from and new ones coming out all the time. So they're trying to find exactly what you're looking for. Like, they sent over some of the new flavor that they have with the coconut brownie crunch, I think it was called. Again, there's all sorts of different flavors. I can't remember all the names. But it was coconut brownie something. And my mom had had the other bars that Built Bar sends over to us and tried out this one and was just like, this one's amazing. This is outstanding. It's just all of her stuff that she likes into one. And you can find your own specialty as well. They got new flavors coming out right now like lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, all apple almond crisp, all sorts of specific stuff so you can find exactly what you're looking for. They also have more of your traditional stuff, mint brownie, peanut butter, raspberry, orange, coconut, stuff like that. And all the unique things coming out too, they're always going to keep you on your toes over at Built Bar. And I also mentioned it's healthy too. It's going to be less than 200 calories in every bar, but 100% chocolate on every bar too. You'll get your protein, more than 150 grams every single time, and less than 5 net grams in sugar and net carbs. 
It's all sorts of protein and none of the stuff that's going to slow you down. It's all natural too. So go on over to BuiltBar.com and try it out. We're going to help you out with it as well. If you use the code Locked On at your checkout, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's Locked On at BuiltBar.com. Give them a try. There's all sorts of ways to get protein nowadays. I know. Try out this one. You're not going to be disappointed. Built Bar. Again, the best way to get your protein with a good taste without giving up that healthy aspect as well. More Locked On Golden Gophers coming up in just a moment. Nate Dickinson here on Locked On. Nate Dickinson back with you again here on Locked On Golden Gophers on a Wednesday. Coming up later, we're going to talk about the teams on the bubble. Every single one of them, up and down Joe Lenardi's rankings, or the latest ones at least, he does one pretty much every day now with the season coming down to an end. Where do the Gophers stand? We'll find out that in just a second, but we'll also find out, as far as the rest of the season goes, what opportunities does Minnesota have to move up and be safer going into that Big Ten tournament? And could the Gophers fall all the way out of the bubble picture by the end of things? That's going to come up in just a little bit here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Before we get into everything here, though, Locked On Today has everything you need to know about all your sports, just like what we do here with the Gophers, only the entire sports world. We cover everything you need to know about the Gophers in about half an hour or less here on Locked On Golden Gophers every day. Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered in every other sport, too, with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm guessing you can find it however you're listening to this podcast right now. All right, so we're going to get into everything that Richard Pitino said in the post-game presser after the big loss to Illinois over the weekend. But first, we do have another Lenardi update. All right, so I'm not going to drag this out as much this time, but Joe Lenardi did update his field of 68 after all of the games yesterday. Minnesota, after the loss to Illinois, was team number 67 out of that field. But after the games yesterday, the Gophers clocked in at team number 68. Very last team in. That does mean that the Gophers are right on the edge of falling out of things. But again, we're going to break down all of what's to come for Minnesota in just a little bit. There are games involving bubble teams today, though, that I'll tell you about right now. First off, Seton Hall, who is a member of what Lenardi calls the last four buys, the teams that won't have to play in those play-in games in Dayton. They're ending up on the road against Butler today at 6 p.m. Central. Also, Indiana, another team in that last four-by group. It's on the road against Rutgers, which is currently an eight-seed in the NCAA tournament projections. Not entirely safe yet. That game's at 7 p.m. tonight. Xavier's part of the last four ins. They hit the road as well to face off against Providence. St. Bonaventure in the last four in as well. They got an early matchup at 4 p.m. going up against Davidson. We tweet all this out every morning. It's over on our Twitter, at Gophers. Again, you can follow along with the bubble watch and follow along with all the teams that Minnesota needs to lose to be able to help its tournament chances. Again, the losers we need today on a Wednesday, Seton Hall, Indiana, Xavier, and St. Bonaventure. All teams in that bubble picture that are in action today. We'll break down more of all that scheduling and things like that later on. Indiana, by the way, is now Team 64 of 68 in the tournament projections. 
Minnesota was a little bit higher, as was Indiana, in the last week or so. But both teams trending down a little bit since both those teams met a little while ago. But that's the next closest team in the Big Ten, so I wanted to mention them as well. The Gophers got jumped by UConn to fall from Team 67-68. to UConn picked up a win yesterday over Georgetown. Now let's get into what Richard Pitino had to say after the game against Illinois Saturday. We'll break down more of the bubble in a little bit here on Locked On Golden Gophers, but I listened back to the post-game presser yesterday, and I did have a couple of notes that I just put down that I wanted to mention here. Pitino immediately and would continue to lean on when asked after a 30-plus point loss. He would continually go back to just, one, how good Illinois was, something we talked about. This wasn't all entirely Minnesota's fault, this loss. There weren't a lot of teams that were going to lose to the Illini. That team was shooting 60% for a big part of that game. Not a lot of teams would have lost by close to 40 points like the Gophers did, I don't think, but... It's not like Minnesota was going to win that game with how well Illinois was playing at the time. Now, we're saying this right now after Illinois lost last night to Michigan State, but I'm choosing to ignore that. Also, he mentioned how broken Illinois or Minnesota was as well. There's no Gabe Kalsher on this team. There's no Liam Robbins effectively on this team right now. He was out there, but he was a shell of himself. Anyone watching knew that. And there was also a mention by Patino that I noted in particular where he said that this team's just not going to be as good without Kalsher out there defensively. Now, we've talked on the show about what the replacements for Kalsher are. Who could be the guy who could step up and then go on to maybe at least resemble what Kalsher did on defense in the time that he's going to be out? Because as Patino also mentioned in the postgame presser, it's looking like it's going to be a month-long injury, this thing that Kalsher has with the hand. So it's going to be at least a while, definitely for the majority of, if not all, the Big Ten tournament time that Minnesota has. And it's going to decide whether or not Minnesota makes the tournament possibly. If the Gophers can find someone to fill in that hole on defense. Right now, there's no signs of anyone being able to do it. And Patino, when he was asked about that, I think... It was obvious that he had been thinking about it. It's not that hard to figure that out. It's been the biggest hole on this team since Kalsher left, figuring out who's going to defend behind him. But Minnesota doesn't have time for him to get back right now. By the time he's healthy, which hopefully could be NCAA tournament time, Minnesota could already be sitting at home. So that's number one priority, as I've said before, finding out who's going to be the guy behind Kalsher. There are also questions asked of Patino about Jamal Mashburn Jr., who, as we mentioned yesterday, was for the third straight game the leading scorer on this team against Illinois. And I did have one direct quote that I pulled out from Patino. He mentioned, again, he's been playing good, and with Mashburn in the starting lineup and Kalsher out, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. And he said, quote, any opportunities he can get as a freshman are good, which is obviously true, but it also, at least in my head, I don't know, Maybe I'm looking into it too much. It kind of implies that the opportunities that Mashburn isn't being given is not the kind of opportunities that Patino wanted him to have. And I've been a Mashburn guy. I've been someone who said this guy needs to get more time. He's been playing well. He's shown prospects on both offense and defense. But I think it's obvious with what Patino's been saying about, at least in this postgame presser, and again, There's a lot of negatives to talk about in this post-game presser. Patino wasn't going to be in a great mood, but it seemed like when he was talking about what Mashburn's going to be able to do this year, 
it's not the kind of time that he wanted to give this freshman. Obviously, this team's going to hurt without Kalsher out there. And Mashburn, having those minutes is really just a product of that. But I do think that there's a difference between the minutes that Mashburn really could be getting with this team right now, with the team still being really good, and what Patino thinks is too much of a role for this guy, which is what he's being forced into at the moment with Kalsher not out there. I think Mashburn can step up, but as we said yesterday, he cannot be the number one scorer on this team as he's been the last three games. If Jamal Mashburn is the leading offensive playmaker for this team, this team is not worthy of an NCAA tournament bid. That needs to be Marcus Carr. Number two needs to be maybe Gabe Kalsher, maybe Liam Robbins when he's healthy. But having Jamal Mashburn even as a number two scoring option, I don't know. I think he could be a solid like 2B right now with what he's shown in his freshman year. But ideally, especially in the Big Ten, and especially when you get to tournament time, you want at least three guys who are reliably putting the ball in the bucket so that if one or two of them has an off day, you still got a shot. And I think Jamal Mashburn can be one of those three, but he can't be the number one. And he has been as of late. That, I think, is tolling on Richard Pitino's mind as well. Because the defense already has plenty of problems. But then he looks over at the offense and sees that he has a freshman right now leading this team in scoring, while Marcus Carr has another poor day shooting the ball against Illinois. That's becoming a more growing concern as well for this team, and I don't know what the answer is on either end. And I hate being that guy who just brings up the problems without really offering any solutions. But right now the solution seems to be really what Pacino leaned on on Saturday. Wait for guys to get healthy. Hopefully Liam Robbins gets better more quickly and he can get in there and hopefully make some sort of difference. Gabe Kalsher, you're going to be without for a while. And this team is not looking like it's trajecting toward the right way to the NCAA tournament. I don't know if trajecting is a word, but I said it. Coming up after the break, we're going to get into that NCAA tournament bubble that the Gophers right now sit on the very, very edge of. All the teams above and below. What do they have the rest of the way? And where can Minnesota maybe climb back up into safety or fall back out of contention altogether when it comes to the field of 68? We're going to break down the strength the schedules for everybody else on the bubble, Minnesota included, going down the stretch. That's coming up in just a minute right here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Well, we mentioned some lines also on our Twitter page, at LO Golden Gophers, when we tweet out our bubble games every day, or at least we did this morning. Those lines are brought to you by Bet Online. Now, Bet Online, we told you about before. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. They cover not only sports too, but award shows, TV shows, and reality TV as well. Anything you want to put your money on, you can probably find it over at BetOnline. Head over to their website, BetOnline.ag, and enter in the code LOCKEDON. You'll get 50% of a welcome bonus right back into your account on your first deposit. This guy's will give you free money just by using our code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag. Head on over there, get yourself your welcome bonus. It could be really a whole lot of money out. I, I don't know if there, it doesn't even say if there's a limit on there. So go on there and find out how much money you could end up getting in your account for free and then end up making money betting on the Gophers using the information we give you here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Again, we'll be right back here with a little bit of an analysis on the rest of the way for the rest of the bubble. That's coming up right here on Locked On Golden Gophers with me, Nate Dickinson.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Locked On Golden Gophers. Nate Dickinson with you here. We're wrapping up the show by breaking down the rest of the way for the rest of the bubble. Where does Minnesota stand as far as the strength of its schedule? Who can pick up big wins? Who might end up falling down the ladder with some tough losses? That's all coming up in just a minute. But first, every single Wednesday on Locked On College Football, it's what they call Wade and Ward Wednesdays. Hosts Andrew Wade and Josh Ward get you over the Wednesday hump as they discuss the biggest storylines across the nation and start our experts' look at the upcoming weekend of college football action. Of course, off-season right now, but they still got it for you every single week. Subscribe to Locked On College Football wherever you get your podcasts. I'm guessing it's wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. All right, so let's break down a little bit of this bubble. As we mentioned before, Minnesota, as of the games last night, is, according to Joe Lenardi, the very last team in the field of 68. 68 out of 68. So what I've done is I've broken down every team on that bubble. So for Lenardi, he has the last four in, the first four out, and then also the four teams on either side outside of that. So the first four buys, which is right above the last four in, and then the next four out. That one's more self-explanatory. First four out, next four out. So 16 teams in total. I break down all of them, look at their schedules going forward, and try to determine who can kind of make their way up this bubble, who can fall down, possibly, and where does Minnesota stand in all of it. So first off, most of the teams remaining have three games left in the regular season. Minnesota has a bit of an advantage there. They've got four. That's good for them, but there's also a lot of teams who have more games against other good competition and NCAA tournament competition than what Minnesota has. Just looking straight down here, the worst, or I guess best, depending on how you look at it, strength of schedule, the toughest games going forward belong to Louisville. Louisville will play Duke coming up, another bubble team, and then on the road at number 16, Virginia Tech, before finishing the regular season at home against number 15, Virginia Tech. That's far and away the best schedule on the rest of the season for any team on this bubble. Now, Louisville, good news for Minnesota, is already pretty close to being off the bubble anyway. They've got a pretty good resume. They're listed in that first four by group and only a couple of spots from jumping all the way off the bubble entirely. So it's not like they're going to jump Minnesota. The good news is that they could end up leaping all the way up, which is something Minnesota doesn't have to worry about. They don't really need other teams that are already ahead of them moving further up ahead of them. doesn't affect them. Or they'll fall down, which means that Minnesota has a chance possibly to even jump them. I don't know if that's going to happen with how far ahead Louisville is right now, but that's kind of the idea. With these teams, you want the teams that are up ahead of Minnesota to have good schedules so they can have the opportunity to fall down. And then you want the teams below Minnesota to not have such a good schedule so they don't have as many opportunities to jump over the Gophers. But there's also the inverse thinking as well. Those teams down below Minnesota, they have good games coming up. If they lose them, then they end up falling further behind. So you can think about it either way. But this is how I'm choosing to go about it. With that being said, I think this is a good setup for the Gophers the way that the rest of the season plays out for everybody else. The teams above Minnesota have pretty tough schedules. As far as games remaining against tournament factor teams, which I'm just listing as teams that are either in the field of 68 right now or are also on the bubble, which would be anywhere in that field of 16 we're already talking about. There are one, two, three, four teams out of 16 that have at least two games against teams that are tournament factors. Of teams that have any sort of games at all, of which there are nine, 
there are five of those teams above Minnesota. So five teams that have other games against teams that are already in the tournament or at least right on the bubble with them. That means that those teams have games that they could potentially lose, fall down, while Minnesota only has one game against another tournament-relevant team left. They'll end the season at home against Rutgers, a team that's currently an eight seed in the tournament. By no means safe as far as bracketology goes either. So while Minnesota has some games that it should win, and this is all given that Minnesota takes care of its own business throughout the rest of the regular season, there are opportunities above them for teams like Indiana, which has at Rutgers and then also has to play Michigan. Or, as we mentioned, Louisville, which has two tournament teams in Duke. A team like Xavier, which doesn't have a strong schedule, but has to play Creighton and could lose that game and drop down. Also, Seton Hall, not a strong schedule, but still has to play another bubble team in UConn and fall all the way down. Those two teams right above Minnesota, actually, Seton Hall and UConn. One of those teams is going to lose that game, fall down onto the bubble more. So as long as Minnesota takes care of business, I think there's a real good chance here that things play out elsewhere in the country for Minnesota to even have a chance to climb all the way up to a point where as long as they win, say, a first-round Big Ten tournament game against a lowly team, if they have to play in that first batch, they should be safely in. Again, this is given that Minnesota is able to finish out things the rest of the way. That includes winning at least three of these games coming up, two of which are on the road, Penn State and Nebraska. So this is far from a given, anything we're talking about. But if Minnesota can end up beating the teams that they have coming up, 10 teams are going to make the tournament right now in the Big Ten the way things stand. Minnesota has games against three out of the four that are not tournament teams to end the season. Those need to be wins. If Minnesota can't pick up those wins against those teams, they don't belong in the NCAA tournament. They certainly don't need to be safe going into the Big Ten tournament. But if they can do it, if they can push through everything and do what they're supposed to do, bounce back from a really tough loss against Illinois over the weekend, there's a position for the Gophers to really, really be able to climb up. Elsewhere on the other side, things are good as well because other teams down low really don't have that many chances to jump the Gophers. I'd say the only two teams who can get into the tournament, two teams who are right now, according to Lenardi, out who could play their way back in are Stanford and Duke. Stanford has tournament team Oregon coming up and then on the road against USC, the team projected to win the Pac-12 as things stand. Duke has Louisville, another bubble team, at Georgia Tech, another bubble team, and then at UNC, a team currently as an 8-9 seed as things stand. So win all three of those games, Duke will push its way back into the tournament going into the ACT tournament too. Those are really the only two teams, though, I think that can jump Minnesota if everybody wins out the rest of the way. Colorado State, not playing in a conference where they're going to pick up big wins. Richmond, same thing. SMU. Same thing. Utah State, same thing. Ole Miss and Georgia Tech, they play in Power 5 conferences, but their schedules the rest of the way are no more impressive than what Minnesota has. So given what's below and above Minnesota, there's a scenario where I think the Gophers could really improve their standing going into the tournament. And also, if the Gophers slip up, I see ways for other teams below to slip up in fashions where they aren't able to jump Minnesota either. So I still think that despite everything, the Gophers are still in a decent spot going into the final four games of the season. But again, it all depends, of course, on the Gophers doing their job, which includes two games on the road and one game to end the season against a team at home that right now is in the NCAA tournament in Rutgers.
those games need to go the Gophers' way. If they don't, obviously none of this matters. But if they do, I'm just saying that the end of the tunnel here for Minnesota is looking pretty good. But you got to get through the gauntlet first. This has been Locked On Golden Gophers. Here with me, Nate Dickinson. Again, you can follow us on Twitter, at LO Golden Gophers. We'll keep you up to date on everything going on around Minnesota. My personal Twitter account is at Nate with Sports. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have Big Ten Ben. Ben Stevens on the program to break down all the Big Ten scenarios. Of course, the NCAA tournament bubble is littered with Big Ten teams. We'll talk to him about all of that on our Thursday edition of Locked On Golden Gophers. But until tomorrow, Nate Dickinson. Row the boat, Sky Uma. Go Gophers.